Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we delve into the world of automation. So settle back, enjoy the show as we automate all of the things. Hi, welcome to Tech Interviews. So here I am at uh, NetApp Insight. Um, and one of the topics that comes up at a lot of these conferences that you go to, and, and not just this one, is the topic of automation. Um, and if you're like me, I, I, I hear automation a lot. I even talk about automation with people. But I suppose the more you think about it, the, the less less I think I know about what, what automation is. So what I thought I'd do for this episode was talk to somebody who absolutely knows what automation is. Um, so uh, so I'm joined by Jason Benedicic. Hi, Jason. Hi, Paul. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well, thanks. And um, well, for people who have maybe not heard you on the show before or, or not come across you in, in other places, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what it is you do. Hi, uh, Jason Benedicic. Um, I'm a... Independent consultant, and I'm currently working highly in the automation space. Um, but I do um, all areas of infrastructure and um, private hybrid cloud as well. So, we, well, you mentioned there the A word, um, automation. So, uh, why don't we do this kind of like an automation 101, if you like? So, you know, as, as I said, you can come to conferences like this, and you know, and you talk to any any list of vendors or anybody who kind of works in the IT space right now. And automation is kind of front and center of a, of a lot of conversations. So, so when they talk about automation, you know, what, what's your view of it? You know, what, what is it we mean? So, for me, it's taking your everyday not some necessarily mundane but repeatable tasks things that you do on a regular basis often and making that a repeatable set of automation program um, and what you need to do with that is look at the things that give you the most value um, so from a we're at a storage conference so from a storage point of view it's provisioning storage so LUNs or volumes and resizing those um, and then into wider ecosystem of provisioning virtual machines and applications um, building out containers or those sorts of things the things that are easily repeatable um, and have a fairly set workflow taking that making it into code so I, I always remember hearing the phrase, if it's something you have to do more than once, you should automate it. Um, but I, I suppose, I, I, you know, and I, and I think what you've just described makes perfect sense. I, I suppose the question for me is, but why? You know, so these are things that you can repeat, but so, so why automate? So as we're moving into a world of more use of the hyperscaler clouds, people have become accustomed to a consumption model that allows them that flexibility and speed. Um, yes, it may be that you could just do it yourself. But often, as you'll have noticed with many customers over the years, is that you often have silos of teams um, and people that do different things. And delays aren't usually invoked by the task at hand. It's the time that that task has to be passed around. Um, so a lot of times I find, you know, you may have a build engineer that's going to deploy a VM and install Windows uh, and then do basic configuration. Then you might have someone in security that's going to harden it. Then you might have somebody in apps, a, data, a DBA, somebody that's going to go do that sort of thing. Um, and it could go around a few different departments, a few different people. Um, and that takes time. And you have to make those efficiencies. That's what's going to make business outcomes better. Um, and developers want that flexibility and they want that speed, especially in so current customers I'm working with. The developers want to be able to push releases because they're moving to Agile and they're doing two-week sprints and they can't wait three weeks for infrastructure if they're pushing a two-week sprint for code. Yeah, and I, and I suppose I, it's, it's, that's interesting because I, I think, you know, that 
automation often I think is looked at as one of these things where you are trying to get rid of mundane tasks and I, and I think there's an element of that in, in what you're talking about there but actually it's, you know, it, it's more interesting than that in that you are looking at agile deployment you know, I, I want to be able to deploy things more quickly because we've got people who are looking to innovate quickly you yeah. know so and, and I mean one of the things that I always think is quite interesting in this space and one of the things we come across when people are doing repetitive tasks the problem with us as human beings is it sometimes depends what day of the week it is and who's doing that repetitive task so that we don't kind of get consistency I mean is that another reason that you're seeing people yeah it's this? a real key reason behind automation um, one we're all human so we make mistakes it happens you know it never never have I encountered it maliciously but people do make mistakes and they, you know they also like you say consistency when you create infrastructure or you know development as code um, that's a set of parameters that don't change there's going to be a few input variables that you're going to have but the base of the task workflow stays the same so you get consistent results every time and the other thing that we work on with automation orchestration is desired state things change over time and you know you can be the best team ever but something's going to change at some point a setting goes adrift or a patch makes something different when you talk about automation it's about keeping that desired state and keeping that uniformity across your estate so that you can maintain it easier monitor it easier and, and manage it easier so this is not necessarily just about you know generating new infrastructure. This can be looking at infrastructure as it changes, kind of reapplying a set of kind of default parameters. Yeah. So it, you got various stages. The, the you know the day zero of before it's into production. So the kind of um, previous projects I've worked on were automating flexpod deployments. So from a day zero point of view, as it leaves a factory before it gets to a customer. Um, you've got sort of day one of, of building your VMs and applications, that sort of, and then day two, management and expansion. And, and those day two tasks often become more important than the others in that I, I need to add a new database or I need to add new security policies or I need to increase disk usage or those sorts of things. And it, it just becomes a nice consistent manner to maintain your environment. So, so we talked about kind of where automation sits and some of the things it delivers. So, I mean, on a more practical level, how how do you go about how do you go about automating things? You know, is there certain tools, certain ways of doing things, or, or does it just kind of depend what you're doing? So, here yeah, there is a kind of a how long's a piece of string question, unfortunately. But the the thing is, there's a lot of flexibility. You could be using PowerShell, you could be using Python, you could be using products like Terraform or Ansible or Chef. Um, there are, then there are orchestration platforms, VRA and other technologies like that. Um, it's what you feel comfortable with and what's going to give you the results you need. So the place I start with automation is what are you trying to achieve for your business? Um, what, what is it that you want to do? So current project I'm working on is looking more at continuous integration, continuous de- deployment. And so we're going to be working around things like Azure DevOps, which is relatively new, um, because the, the goal of the business there is to get their code deployed and tested quicker. So we'll be using, um, they're a heavy Windows shop, so a lot of PowerShell. Um, there's a heavy VMware infrastructure, um, so we'll be using the vRealize suite um, and 
they're moving to more of a hybrid cloud model as well. So we will be having deployment out into the cloud that uses native technologies like um, Azure Resource Manager templates and, and that sort of thing. So uh, just let me raise an interesting question, I think, um, about so if you're what are the kind of things that you look for that you know is there such a thing as a good candidate for automation so you know what are some of the kind of things so if somebody's listening to this and thinking what well, do I need automation in my business you know, what, are, what are some of the things that you should look at and say well actually you know because you talked about things that repetitive tasks but maybe on a, on a wider basis what are some of the things that you're seeing that people are looking at and saying yeah I really need to automate this so for the vast majority of use cases I've always had have been development and test, so UAT type testing. Um, they're areas where you want the speed um, and they're environments that you can pretty much tear down fairly quickly as well. Um, so they're always a really good candidate to start because you can learn a lot from the process of taking um, the existing processes throughout the business. It might be that um, to deploy a set of code for testing, you need to build a certain number of VMs and applications, SQL databases, web front ends, um, application middleware. Um, you build them in a specific manner. You deploy your code to them, you test your application, and then you, you get rid of it again. Um, those are really good candidates because it's something that has a, a set sort of script of how you would do it it has a limited life cycle um, and then you can take what you've learned from there into how you then move that into production in the future so what was interesting in that actually because i think it's easy to get lost in automation being all about I get public cloud and kind of new new shiny sexy technologies but obviously you've talked about there things like sql infrastructure so you know because so from an automation point of view you know if somebody's listening to this and saying well i've got a you know i'm doing air quotes here which really doesn't work does it on a podcast but i've got a traditional infrastructure is that still something you can pick up and say yeah there's potential to automate processes and, and things within that yeah absolutely and especially like what i said before about desired state um that, that's an area where even your traditional infrastructure is going to have um, drift, or especially production, because it might be managed by multiple people, you've got a lot of patching. Um, automation can help in a lot of places there with um, you know, expansion of systems or in patching and, and maintenance. If you can deploy a new system as quick um, and test those patches... Um, and confirm that it works with your production databases or your production web servers very, very quickly, then you're, you're just speeding that whole life cycle. I mean, is that, is that quite a good place to start then? You know, it's, it's, it's picking up some of these... Because like I said, it's, it's easy to come to a conference like this and everybody talk about kind of the sexy stuff that automation can do. But is that actually quite an interesting place to start, is to look at those mundane tasks and those kind of traditional IT tasks such as patching is, is, is that a, a good place to maybe get your feet wet? Yes I, I would say that start with something you're familiar with um, and there's a lot of discussion in the industry about you know the sexy languages and the sexy tools that are out there but don't overcomplicate it. Start with something you're comfortable. If you're a Windows administrator and you're happy with PowerShell, then use PowerShell and start somewhere comfortable. Um, work on tasks that you know well um, and, and start, start small and grow from there. Just take something that you were doing regularly, and even if it was something like user administration, creating OUs, creating groups in AD, um, you know, deploying new databases or setting up... Um, uh, availability groups, those sorts of things. Um, start with those small tasks and automate those to a point where you feel comfortable with it and com- confident in the results. And then it grows from there. 
So, again, so, you know, somebody's listening to this, and you know, hopefully they are, um, but if somebody's listening to this and is thinking, well, okay, you know, I, I kind of like the sound of this, I've, I've got some things that we'd like to automate, or certainly we, we, we want a, you know, a, a more agile approach to the way that we manage and deploy our infrastructure. You know, have you got some tips on how to start down that route? I mean, you just sort of, you know, and there's a great example, actually, you've just talked really well there about the idea of, look at things that you know look at processes and things that you know well that you repeat but at least you know what the outcome looks like so yeah. you, you kind of know you're doing it right um, but you know if you've got some kind of general wider advice if you were going on a, an automation project you know where you'd start and, and where you'd end up so the community is a great place to start there's a huge community out there um, from the slack channels of places like the NAP pub um, to VMware code um, and and even Spiceworks and places like that are really, really full of people doing these things. The one thing that I found really important about automation is don't reinvent the wheel. If there's a task that you're looking to do, somebody has probably already done some of it and learn from that. Pick up some examples um, from, from some of the examples I was talking about before about deploying VMs and doing SQL and things like that. VMware published blueprints for it that are just open source and you, you pick up and you can learn from there. So get involved in the community. Um, Research the sort of areas that you're looking to automate and, and, and see if somebody's done it before. Um, if it's coming back down to basics of coding um, or other things like that, Code Academy, Pluralsight, um, and there's probably many others as well, really good either free or cheap training that just gets you interactively started into coding. I think everybody in IT should at least dabble in that because it's where we're going. Yeah, you know, and I think the way you've talked about this as well is that, because I think often we'll look at coding as though we're writing an application, but it's, it's not so much that, is it? It's, you know, coding is around also things like using PowerShell to automate creating AD users, you know, as yeah. you talked about before. Um, and so, you know, to that, I, I, and how, if you've got any kind of advice on how you might identify things that are good, and I kind of touched on some of this earlier on, but, you know, identify things that are good candidates for automation. Yeah, so it's about your existing processes. Um, if it's something that you understand well, is easily documented and easily repeated, that's a great candidate. And, and, you know, deploying VMs, for example, I mean, yes, it's easy in the tools that we've got these days of, I want to deploy a VM, right-click, deploy from template, that sort of thing. But if you wanted to do 100, are you going to go and click through that 100 times? That's, that's not really efficient use of anyone's time. But with a few lines of Power CLI code, you could have those 100 VMs done. So those are the sorts of candidates you start with. Um, don't try and boil the ocean. You know, you don't want to try and create another AWS because that's not the place to start. But a few small tasks, um, expanding drives or you know, changing security groups and firewall rules or those sorts of things that you, you have a desired output, um, you know where you want to be and you know how to verify it. Um, and you know it's going to save you some time. So one of the things that's always interesting about doing a, an event in the US is that while you're trying to record a podcast, somebody drives in the background in the loudest possible vehicle I've ever heard inside a building. So um, so well done for staying on topic <laughs> with that. Um, well, look, as we kind of wrap up here, and you, you touched on things like Pluralsight and stuff and, and you know, GitHub, etc. earlier on. I mean, is there any other good advice you'd give to somebody who's maybe listening to this and saying, well, you know, I'd, I'd quite a lot like to look into this and you know, maybe start to look how I can automate things. Is there any other good resources people could go find? So um, I tend to read a lot of blogs um, from the VMware community, um, Sam McGowan and some of the others. Um, 
there's another really loud vehicle. Um, it's typical. So, yeah, there's a, a few that I tend to follow that because I, I work predominantly in the VRA space. So there's quite a few people there that are well-known. They write a lot of very good blogs. Um, that's a great place just to get some, you know, thoughts and, and just get your creative juices flowing into where you might want to go. Um, the other thing that I actually use quite a lot, and it's not always automation related, but um, AWS have a really good Twitch channel. Um, Twitch is probably not something that our industry talks about a lot because it's more associated with gaming. Um, but yeah, Twitch have a lot of really good content on there. And um, there's, I don't use YouTube as much, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of uh, good YouTube channels out there as well. Okay, well, Jason, I mean, that's, that's really good stuff. And I, and I think that's, you know, it's, it, it's a useful real world insight into automation so I think it's easy to listen to kind of the theory and listen to vendors and that's not criticism where we are today you know or any vendor you, you choose will talk about how they're presenting their APIs so that you can automate stuff but I think that's some really useful um, the practical guidance from somebody in the field actually kind of doing work so so if people are interested in what you've been talking about want to kind of get in touch with you how is a way you can do that yeah you can find me on twitter at jabenedicic and uh, my blog the datacenterbrit.co.uk Jason, well, thanks very much, and uh, look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks Cheers. Again. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes. And if you enjoyed the show, why not leave us a review, and that'll help other people to find the tech interviews podcast. And if you do enjoy it, why not subscribe? You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. So, until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>